while your day is winding down. They're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Good evening. Welcome back to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow and Kathleen Amaral from Dartmouth School Committee. She's going to be joining us momentarily, but I am here with Fun 107's very own Michael Rock. Um, I always just refer to you as uh, uh, colloquially, colloquially as like the boss or my boss. So what's your official title here? Uh, Director of Content. Director of Content, Michael Rock. So you were at the New Bedford City Council meeting um, where they called members of the media. You went up and testified. Um, how did that go? That makes it sound so official. <laughs> yeah. I testified. Um, no, it was it was a very welcoming uh, atmosphere at the the city council tonight. Um, the members of the media uh, were in, invited um, locally. Uh, we've showed up. Um, ABC six and Channel twelve showed up. Uh, no Boston stations showed up. They were in, all invited, and Channel ten did not show up either. Nor did the Standard Times or the New Bedford Light or New Bedford Guide. Oh, interesting. So, um, any uh, any hard hitting questions? No, I, I think that uh, it was generally led by Councillor Gomes, mm-hmm. and he just was, you know, had concerns about media coverage for the city, and um, you know, I told him that. Not him, but, you know, addressing the whole council, um, you know, definitely acknowledge that obviously media has changed dramatically over the past decade or two um, and that there are things called, there's a term for it called news deserts. Yeah. And these are popping up across the country. And I, I said that in reality, we're very lucky to have the media that we have in this town. I agree. With the size of the town and the the resources that we have here to do what we do yeah. you know it's very abnormal it's not a little bit abnormal like wbsm is an extremely unique radio station where you know it's it's the fact that you're sitting here live in front of me right now at this time and it's 808 at night <laughs> yeah. is freak show stuff <laughs> yeah. this does not happen not in major markets not in small markets not in medium-sized markets but it happens here right. so and I told him that, again, not him, I told the, the whole council that the, it, when we were sitting in the conference room coming up with the idea for South Coast tonight and hammering it out, if you remember, one of the major things we were really excited about was to ha- have the ability to have city councilors call right after they yes. get off the council meeting. Yes. Call into the show. Let's talk about, you know, what's, what's happening, what was covered, you know, in the meeting. And uh, again, that is just, it's freak show stuff. That is not normal in 2023 to be able to have that type of a media. So we're very lucky to have what we have here. I agree. Um, Did anybody say anything bad about me? Nobody said anything (laughs) bad about you, Marcus. No way. No. Actually, I I gave them an invitation to all please call, like not just tonight, but, but, um, you know, whenever they get out of a city council meeting. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm going to be frank. Um. It's a segment, you know, we've had Adam Bass uh, do his uh, segments after the meetings. 
they've been the the council. I'm gonna I'm gonna be frank. Has been difficult to pin down on those trying to call in after a meeting. I'll text somebody like, yeah, sure, and then you'll they'll get out of the meeting. I'm tired, you know. So yeah. <laughs> so I think that um, I said this earlier. I think that you know. One, you're right. I think we, we have a lot of coverage here that, that a lot of people don't have. And um, I think any time that they want to call in, they're always or they want to show up. They're always welcome. Well, I mentioned that it's an open door policy for any elected official to uh, show up in any of our shows. I mean, you don't just pop in, but, you you, you know, make an arrangement to to yeah. um, to appear on the show. And I, the host will obviously, you know, bring you in. We, we did talk about, for example, um, today's fire. You know, so let me me preface this by saying that WBSM, the reason that we're able to do what we do in in other radio stations in Boston and, you know, other places across the country don't is because our footprint has grown so much with the the birth of our digital uh, arm of the company. Yeah. So... You know the, and that goes for not just WBSM but Fun One Hundred Seven as well. The the digital reach for both of those brands extends well beyond the radio signals. Absolutely. And I think that sometimes it's hard for people to really believe that, you know, and, and really grasp that in their mind that the actual the the bigger hammer is the digital. Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, we can see it too, right? When you look at the look at all the spots that pop up on the. Uh, on the dashboard, yes. the digital, uh, you know, you, you, from here to California, you know, there's there's dots all over the place. So people are listening everywhere. So, you know, I laid the, the found, foundation there talking about the importance of digital and how much the, 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 the media landscape has changed. And that's how we do what we do. And then the topic of today's fire came up and there was concern that we didn't cut into the Howie Car show for the fire. And I, you know, I just said, well, we were in, the, we were there covering it. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so we had, we had two people down there covering it. The, the story was uh, published on WBSM.com, fun107.com. It was pushed out to people with all get the, the, the phones. Yeah. Exactly. Get, yeah. You get the app alerts. So, you know, it's, it's just, I think a matter of, there are certain, uh, I guess like the, the one thing I, we have to keep in mind is that there are generations that that works for more than others. Sure. And so, you know, Councilor Gomes expressed a concern about, you know, there are people certainly that, that are older that don't have access to a, a, a cell phone or a computer or like that. They sure. just don't play that game. Yeah. Um, and that's why the radio comes in and that's so important there. But, you know, like uh, that's, you know, pretty much what, what I talked about when I was up there. But the most efficient way to reach the most people possible is through the digital outreach. I would say it's through the combo. That's why it's such a, yeah. it's a deadly one-two punch. You yeah. know, it's, it's having the, there are a zillion websites out there, but there are not, a zillion website out there that also have the power of a microphone like this behind right. them. Yeah. So when you add the two together, that's when that you're really doing something. And, you know, um, and I just think that sometimes there are certain people who put, put too much value into the radio. There are certain people who put too much value to just the digital. Sure. It's when they're combined that it's really powerful. So I think it's just, you know, a little bit of education there about what, but recognizing the coverage and not just the radio. Absolutely. So um, is there anything that you think the council could do besides um, making more appearances here? And I, I think we, we do a good job reserving time for them. But besides making more appearances on the radio, is there anything else that you think they could do to, to make their 
to sort of get more coverage about the thing? Because they want positive coverage. Well, no, I will say that, that they did go out of their way to say that this was not about the city council. That they were looking for, <laughs> they're looking for coverage, not just about New Bedford, but about the South Coast. Okay. They they want to. Really, what they want is something like what happened back in the day on New Bedford Cable Access with Jim Phillips, and they would Jim would do the the news of the day, all about New Bedford. Mm-hmm. Those days are done. Yeah, right. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's that's not coming back. Right. Uh, Jim Phillips is not walking through that door. No. Not for that. No, <laughs> no. He's um, walking through this door on Saturdays. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, and then, like, they, they were talking to ABC6 and uh, WPRI Channel 12. Um, Councilor Gomes was really pushing them to open up a bureau in New Bedford. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if Channel 10 still has that bureau in New Bedford. They used to have, like, a pop-up shop down there downtown yeah it was a maybe in the standard times building i don't know if that's still yeah. i don't really don't know but um they were pushing to get that you know get a bureau here yeah um and you and i both know like that's very easier said than done i mean yeah of course television is reeling right now yeah you know like the they're you know not trying to insult the medium at all but i mean <laughs> it's they're struggling they're my kids don't watch television. Right, exactly. So, like, what's the plan? As people, like, age out of television and that that population, you know, <laughs> ceases to watch television, <laughs> right? <laughs> ceases to um, watch. Yeah, right. What's the plan there, the long-term plan? So, like, you know, I don't see them investing and growing into the market like that. No. And I think that, you know, the counselors were looking to see, like, if the, the the television stations would commit to like a like a South Coast segment or South Coast like news, I don't see it happening. Yeah, no. There's and again, that is why this radio station is so important. Exactly because we are willing to commit and super serve this area. Right. The WPRI uh, Channel Twelve representative was talking about you know we cover all of Rhode Island, we cover the South South Coast area. And she said that she looked over the, the, the stories that had happened over the past month, and she was very comfortable with the amount of content that they, in the coverage that they did in New Bedford. Yeah. But it's not going to be, it's, it's, New Bedford is no more or less important to them than any other community. And right. they've got a lot of communities to cover. And again, like, that's just, if they took their eye off the ball and, and just focused in on New Bedford, that'd be yeah. the wrong move. Especially being in Providence. Why would you want right. to? Right. I yeah. mean, so... You know, I think that there's just some real business. Yeah. Um, and that's why it's important that we're hyper-focused here in Greater yes. Bedford. Yes. Yeah. But, I mean, that's pretty much it. It was a, it was a very um, warm, friendly, you know, no gotcha questions, nothing yeah, like that. Right. You know, it was um, very warm and friendly. And I think it was very, um, you know, like uh, the, the intentions were good. Okay. You know what I mean? I, I don't think I didn't sense any any kind of animosity, nothing like that. Well, that's good. Um, uh, I'm glad to hear that. I, I'm honestly a little surprised. I thought it would. I I, I kind of thought I wasn't sure what you what you and Tim were walking into, and uh, ended up being pretty uh, fairly positive. Um, uh, yeah. So and and constructive. So that's good. 
Uh, Michael Rock, uh, I appreciate you joining me. Is there anything else that we might have uh, forgot to cover or didn't uh, talk about? No, I don't think so. It's it's bedtime for me, though. Okay. <laughs> yeah. you got to get up early. Yes. Thank you, Marcus. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Thanks for joining me. Appreciate it. We're going to take a quick break. Don't be joined by Kathleen Amaral. <laughs> Welcome back. I forgot to play bumper music. Um, sorry about that. Anyway, welcome back to South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus. Uh, we're joined now by Dartmouth School Committee member and candidate for re-election, Kathleen Amaral. Kathleen, how are you? I'm doing well. Great. So um, before we get started, uh, for the people out in the audience who may not know who you are, uh, if you want to introduce yourself and uh, tell everyone why you're running for re-election on the Dartmouth School Committee. So uh, my name is Kathleen Amaral. I have been a resident of Dartmouth for a uh, little over 19 years. Um, I am a parent and I have three children. Um, actually, my oldest uh, graduated from Dartmouth High School during the pandemic, class of 2020. Um, and she uh, quickly veered, was heading to PC, decided to go to cosmetology school and she uh, she's doing well Great. <laughs> um, at a salon locally in, uh, in Dartmouth. And I have um, a 19-year-old son who has some comprehensive... Um, Special education needs um, actually brought me to meet your mom years ago right, yeah. <laughs> when he was little, and uh, so um, and I have a seventh grader. She's uh, in the in the middle school. Um, so, um, what inspired you to? You know, I, obviously you have kids in the school system. That's really important to want a good school system for your kids. But what specific issues inspired you to jump into uh, local politics? You know. Um, I, oh, you know, I, I, you know, having kids in the school, um, you know, I was always tried to be, I actually ran for school council when my daughter Emma was uh, little and she was at DeMello Elementary School. Uh, nobody knew me. I didn't, I wasn't from town. I just thought I would want to get involved. I've always tried to get involved. Um, I love to contribute and volunteer my time. Um, so that was where I started with the school department. But since then, uh, you know, having Liam enter the school, he joined Quinn. Um, he started out his educational career at the Schwartz Center, now Meeting Street. And uh, when he was six, he it was our vision when he was little that you know we wanted him to live a good life. And uh, he needs a lot of supports and services. And it really took uh, partnering with the school. And um, so we entered Quinn at six years old as a kindergartner. Um, we started him late. And just seeing the level of support and the partnership that we had over the years, I... Um, you know, how, how could I not put myself out there to, uh, to run to, on, on a bigger level to help also, um, you know, add the added value at my lived experience as a parent um, navigating special education, disability services, uh, also working in a field. So I, I felt I had something to contribute mm -hmm. that wasn't there that's really important in a public school department. And so I put my name out there. How have you used that experience to, to make some improvements in the Dartmouth School District? You know, I, I have the, the perspective of, um, again, special education. That certainly is not my, my, the only thing that I contribute, but uh, I do, it does inform my, uh, the dialogue and, and my deliberation. I always try to think of all kids and all means all. And, yeah. um, and so there's work to be done, but I feel that I've, 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 added voice to what I would consider, you know, our most vulnerable population for sure. 
So um, one of the uh, issues that was um, kicking around last year, hasn't haven't heard much about it this year, is the uh, Dartmouth Indian logo. This was a school committee matter. Um, there was a there was a non-binding referendum. Uh, people showed up and voted uh, overwhelmingly to keep the logo. Um, what's your position uh, on the Indian logo? Yeah, I, um, uh, you know, my my husband went to Dartmouth High School. He was a football player. Um, you know, my Liam loves the hockey team, and uh, he, he he loves wearing all of the paraphernalia. But when it came time to vote, um, yeah, that was a very difficult time uh, because I did see a piece of the conversation was was missing in terms of really building upon like the education in the schools. Sure. So I, I voted to keep the the logo uh, with that caveat that we um, we do some work. Uh, that's now being done in partnership with the town, the select board, and some other folks, a, a, a stakeholder group, um, and some good work's being done. Um, I'm not monitoring that at this point, uh, but I know that it, it will eventually come to us, and I'm excited to see that kind of that being woven into the fabric of who we are as a community, especially since we voted to keep that symbol um, for our town. Of course. So we're speaking with Kathleen Amaral. Uh, She's a school committee member and uh, the Dartmouth School Committee. She's running for re-election. The election is Tuesday, right? This election is Tuesday. The favorite one's Monday. The election is Tuesday, April 4th. April 4th. Um, So, uh, Kathleen, um, uh, what's, um, you know, I've drive through Dartmouth recently. Um, I see a lot of signs. We support Dartmouth teachers. Um, what's going on with, why are those signs there? Um, and uh, how is the Dartmouth School Committee's relationship with the teachers union right now? Um, yeah, I can't speak for the committee, but I will say that, you know, yes, uh, the signs, that's really important because it's kind of raising the voice as to, you know, the situation with the budget. Um, we, unfortunately, uh, we, you know, the, the budget for the school department is a large budget. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of what we as a district spend per pupil and um, we we spend lower than 90% of other municipalities in the state. So um, I guess financially, the financial value, we're really getting a bang for our buck in terms of the incredible educators you know they they are seeking a fair wage we their their wages are lower than other municipalities of course i can't talk negotiations but of course. um we uh as a community you know yes there's this thing called proposition two and a half which doesn't allow us to raise taxes now does raising taxes answer the question no i don't want my taxes raised i'm certainly willing to contribute but um it's uh i think i think i it's safe to i believe that we are a sympathetic committee as a whole in terms of valuing our educators. Uh, and and I, I'm hopeful that we can, we can get there. Um, and I would love to see, you know, with our new leadership, some thinking around like shaking up that bag, shaking up that budget, and perhaps how can we kind of figure out a way to do something better uh, with teachers, but also just in terms of how we operate. Um, how is that new leadership done? Say that again. So you said you got new leadership. Yeah. So well, I I shouldn't say it so absolutely because last night we voted as a committee uh, to um, 
to hire our new superintendent. Um, so Dr. Bonnie Gifford retired and uh, Mr. Kiley, James Kiley, he is our assistant superintendent of uh, business and finance. He's our acting superintendent temporarily. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's wonderful, but he does not want the position. So we had a search, a large search. And uh, last night we unanimously voted for um, June Saba McGuire, who is currently the assistant superintendent in Brockton. And um, what I'm excited about in terms of the budget with her is she was really clear about not being afraid to um, advertise, promote. Uh, you know, when you talk about making a change, you really have to come at it with passion and a purpose. And she was clear about being confident to be able to articulate the why as to whether it's working with Mr. Kylie when she's uh, hopefully pending contract negotiations, when she's our new superintendent, working with our business and finance to advocate on the student's behalf and the teacher's behalf for what needs to happen, you know, so that's one piece of it. And then also working with the town to say, hey, we, we really we really need to work and here's why. Um, here's why it's important to have a strong public education system in a, dis- in, in a city or a town. Um, it really adds value. People wanna live here. They wanna raise their kids here. Um, those kids then have a great education and they wanna come back here and contribute to the community. So um, it's, 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 uh, it's a lot of, lot of things. <laughs> So this new superintendent, um, uh, you talked about, uh, you know, what other qualifications did she bring um, that uh, led you and the other members to believe that this was the right choice? So I'll speak for myself in saying that I was fortunate to be part of a uh, visit to her district. Okay. Um, It happened over Zoom because it was the day that we were supposed to get snow (laughs) and they did have a half day in Brockton. So it caused... Anyway, we were on Zoom and we were able throughout the day, it was a long day, meet with different groups of people, different stakeholders within that district. And one underlying theme, because you want to, you know, you have people speaking to you about somebody that you're thinking about bringing into your district. Mm -hmm. And, you know, do they not want her to stay there? Are they going to say good things just to get rid of her? Right. I mean, and so you want to kind of feel them out. And and clearly and consistently, every single group of people said when asked, um, well, how do you feel about her leaving or what, what about her? And they, they all in their own way articulated that she, she had worked for the district for over 29 years. So, and and the, there was a lot of um, retention in their staff. They all worked there for many, many years that uh, she over the years had sat with them as thought partners and been so supportive of them and helped them move on in their career to promotions and that sort of thing and supported them every step of the way that they could not, they're sad to see her go, but they couldn't help but be excited to support her in this new level of position for her career. That's um, great. Which I think is great, that cultural piece of, of of people, you know, being so supported by her. And, and I think that's what we need in our district. So um, a lot of some of the local conversations uh, with respect to the school committee um, have been about uh, book banning. Um, I had another candidate on said, uh, you know, talked about regulating what types of books come in the library. Um, what's, uh, what's your position on book banning uh, in, the, uh, in the school libraries? I'm not supportive of banning books in the school library. Um, 
And, you know, I, I think a lot of that, those conversations that you hear stem from a place that I don't believe when you come to service, you should have this mindset. So I believe in presuming competence. I believe in good intent. And I also believe in partnering with my schools. Um, one thing that I know your mom from is that we were part of this family leadership group where um, these groups of families 20 years ago actually helped set a precedent, a law, chapter 171, where families have substantial consultation or have a seat at the table. And so I'm very passionate about, about parent voice. Um, and so it's about digging in and learning. And when you do do that, you realize that our district has a process and a procedure for what materials are inside of our, um, what materials students have and what, what are, is in our library. We're part of a, um, a consortium. I don't know if that's the right word, but we are part of um, a group of um, approved by the, you know, this bill of rights around what's deemed appropriate and... Um, Sounds like... A Consortium sounds applicable. Yeah. Okay. It's probably, and so there are there are books that have been vetted and um, meet certain criteria, which in fact the criteria is that it allows students to see themselves in the wording. So if you were to dig a little deeper, you would know and trust that that there are. There are processes and procedures. I mean, everybody keeps going to that extreme example of pornography, right? Um, Come on, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it, it's, uh, it's totally, just ridiculous. It's totally ridiculous. And I so agree. when, yeah, and so when <laughs> you, the, you know, you have to build a relationship yeah. with the school department um, in which you can trust one another. Um, I like to call it like an undivorceable relationship. You can move out of town. You can send your kid to a private school, but if you're in that public school district and you're not moving out of Dartmouth, then you better do your best to make sure that you are uh, partnering in the best way um, for the, the best outcome for your own children and all the other children. Speaking with Kathleen Amaral, she is a candidate for school committee. She is running for re-election uh, your third term? Yes. Third term. So, um, Kathleen, uh, is there any other specific issues that we haven't covered yet that you think are important? Yeah, I... Um I mean, one one that comes to mind today, unfortunately, is uh, you know school safety. I know you yeah. talked a lot about. I, that. I did. I talked about that in the uh, with the other two school committee candidates in Fairhaven that we interviewed. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there was a there was a shooting uh, that happened, unfortunately. Um, so you know, what is your relationship with the school resource officers in, in the town of Dartmouth? Um, what type of role do you do they play? What kind of type of role do you envision them playing? Do you think it should be expanded? Do you think it should be reduced? And how best can Dartmouth improve school safety? Yeah, I think in Dartmouth, uh, we do a good job, right? We, we have a comprehensive emergency management plan. Um, and uh, we, are, uh, we, we, part, we, um, we provide um, ALICE training. Um, What's that? So it's, it's a process for um, the school department to plan so students know what's happening. It's, it's alert, lockdown, inform counter evacuate and so it's it's a system of like concise specific language that students and staff are trained on like active drills and that sure. sort of thing um, broken down age appropriately so the Alice training in the kindergarten um, you know you hear that as a parent you, you how are we here well we need to have this training yeah well it's broke it, it the way it's presented to the students is it in um, I don't want to use the word fun for such a such a strong, you know, a, a serious topic, but they it's it's broken down More age appropriate, age, age appropriate yeah. for them to understand the real meaning. It's about how do I 
how do I, how do you keep students safe? And so as a district, we're pretty strong. We have a great relationship with our, uh, with the um, police department. And over the years, uh, we have, we're constantly improving upon the technology, um, the video cameras, the uh, learning best practices. So we have that um, stakeholder group with the, with the town um, and other stakeholders uh, that are always revisiting and making sure that that we know the quickest way to, to escape, the quick, you know, the, the best data research-based so that we keep kids safe. So you're supportive of school resource officers. Um, you want them maintained in school. Uh, do you see any um, different, uh, any different roles that they could play besides the ones they're playing now? Yeah, I, I, the ones in Dartmouth, I think, play a great role. They are there for safety, of course. They're there for relationship building. Um, I keep mentioning your mom, but so like your mom, I'm, I'm always like uh, learning and training and helping others. And, uh, you know, one time I remember being at BCC before I was on the school committee and I was at a training that was uh, related to um, the pipeline to prison and, and being a little bit more social, emotional, sure. um, have a social, emotional mindset when you're um, in situations like um, discipline and that sort of thing. And uh, our school resource officer was there. So oh, cool. I, um, you know, I know that Dave Tavares at the middle school really they can make or break a student's day sometimes. Of course. And um, Dave Devards, for instance, he's at our middle school and we have one at our, our high school and we have one at the elementary level. She's a friendly face and she's just, um, uh, but she does rotate. So okay. we don't have one uh, designated per school, mm -hmm. um, but it's the relationship building. It's the familiarity. It's, it's somebody to trust. Uh, so I, I do support our resource officers in our school department. So we're speaking with Kathleen Amaral. Uh, she's a candidate for um, Dartmouth School Committee. She's running for re-election. The election is Tuesday, April 4th, <laughs> April 4th. Um, and uh, and um, so uh, we talked about school safety. We've talked about, well, what about curriculum? Um, you know, we're hearing now, we're, it's sort of in the same vein of book banning, but we're hearing now about parents wanting to have a seat at the table for curriculum-related uh, issues. Uh, what's your position on that? My my answer is I, <laughs> I, I'm supportive of every student, but if somebody really wants... Uh, so, all right, Massachusetts, we follow the Massachusetts curriculum frameworks. There, it, it is like very specific and mm -hmm. very, um, you know, each district implements it and utilizes different, um, you know, uh, materials in terms of like how they assess students, that sort of thing of their learning. Uh, but, you know, as a school committee member, my job, the job is very limited. So we set policy, um, but my position is that we put people, right? As a school committee, we hire the superintendent. We hire and fire the superintendent, essentially. And we, 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 we manage policy. Um, you're putting somebody in a position because of the skill set and you've vetted them. You're, you're, you go through this whole process who has a vision to help help implement a plan that allows for, right? Nobody's sitting there saying, how can we do really bad things with kids? No, <laughs> right? It's, it's again, that building that trust in that relationship with, with them uh, and allowing teachers to do their job in the classroom. Um, and it starts with putting somebody in that position, that superintendent who then, you know, oversees those principals of those schools who then oversees those teachers who are doing the, the hard work with um, 
meeting the needs of all students in the classroom, differentiating that so that um, that students, uh, you know, receive a quality education. You're running, um, you know, you're running to, to maintain your seat. There's another open seat next to you. Anybody in particular that you'd like to serve with? Well, I, so we have five, yes, yeah, so we have five pieces, <laughs> yes, so put you on the spot. You know, I, uh, we were asked, we were asked this at um, the candidates forum. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I first said, which I firmly believe, I believe in family engagement. Sure. I actually sat at the table with the Department of Elementary and Secondary Education and I helped as a contributing stakeholder build a document that is meant to be a no wrong door document to allow parents who are interacting with lots of state agencies to have the same information, speaking the same language, helping them be part of the process. So um, I believe firmly in family engagement and serving and putting yourself out there to serve is great. Um, uh, but the way that I, so uh, the way that I answer, Bess is, is a lovely, I, I support Bess Coughlin. Um, Troy Tufano is a good guy. I don't know Erica. Um, and I mentioned that evening something about, you know, I felt like I had to be honest. I, the, the only troublesome candidate that I, that I, I am worried about is Ms. Turner. And, um, and in her response, she alluded to my concern being her emails related to COVID. And I'm thinking to myself, I was crying at meetings about COVID. That was a real difficult time and making mm -hmm. some really tough decisions. I got emails and I had conversations with hundreds of parents. I sat in the mud, upset and, and frustrated and trying to make the right decisions. I'm not concerned with her, with her emails about COVID. <laughs> My concern um, is about her emails about equity and uh, the way in which she described in some emails to us that um, she sort of correlated someone who's lazy or struggles to perform a task, um, holding back the other students in the class and the way she phrased it in the email, which is a public document because it was sent to a public official. I checked yeah. on that. It's a pretty before. haunting categorization of a child. It is, yeah. it is. And then thus dumbing down many students' educational potential. Oh yeah, that's terrible. So that and, and that is yeah. where I get paused because oh, it's, it not only disrespects me as a, as a parent of a child who learns differently it, and also the other students who need the extra help, um, to say that a teacher doesn't know what her classroom needs is is ignorant. And, yeah. you know, they're constantly, they know the students that they need to challenge and they knew the students that they need to differentiate so that that student accesses the curriculum because the goal here is a quality education for all. And it starts, it stems with equity. So I would not support a candidate who does not believe in equity or diversity or inclusion. Fundamentally, public education we educate all students. We don't say we educate some. We don't say we're not going to educate those students, right? This is public education. And so to serve on a board where you don't believe in equity for all students is, is just um, frustrating and disappointing. And so that is where I, my comment came from that night. Um, so there's that. <laughs> That's a very, I think, um, uh, yeah, that was, that was, very strong, I think a very strong way uh, to go out unless you think there's something that we missed. 
No, no, I just, that, that's oh, the whole email. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> I'm interested in reading them. I'll tell you what, what I'm, I'm going to do is I'm going to take a break. Um, but before I let you go, Kathleen, where can people go to learn more about your campaign? Okay, so I, I don't have a website. I'm not that fancy. But I, um, or organized, I guess I'm a little too busy. But I have a Facebook page. And I think you if you, yeah, I think if you type in Kathleen Amaral, reelect for school, or school committee, Kathleen Amaral, I'll, it'll pop up. Um, and so please do, I, I do share a lot. I, I do like to utilize that platform to um, educate parents about what's going on in the district and also help them about resources that are happening, you know, throughout the community. So that's something I'm super passionate about. Kathleen, thanks so much for joining us this evening. Thank Appreciate you. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I'm going to take a break. We'll be back. 1420 WBSM, where freedom of speech lives. 300. Real-time reaction to everything that happens after the sun goes down. South Coast Tonight with Marcus and Chris is on WBSM. Hey, welcome back. That was Kathleen Amaral, candidate for Dartmouth School Committee. Um, Certainly uh, seems very well qualified and uh, knowledgeable and passionate about the uh, the issues. And she's been there for a while, I think, and experienced steady hand. Um, I got to say, I'm very horrified about the stuff that Lynn Turner said uh, about kids who are lazy or struggle to perform um, the emails. I read one of the emails just now off the air, and it's it's pretty haunting. I wish I knew about it when I had her on. I would love to ask her more about it. Um, but uh, it's a pretty haunting character, characterization of a child, you know, when you're in your formative years, trying to, growing up in your formative, you, you know, when you're... <laughs> The, the 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 person you are when you're a child isn't the person you are when you're an adult. It's not indicative of your potential. She sends an email talking about natural gifts. Natural students who have natural gifts to, to to say others don't, and then to say students who are lazy or struggle to perform. That's like I said, very haunting categorization of a child. And I think you got to think about that stuff when you go out to vote for for school committee. And that what Lynn Turner said about children uh, really really disgusting stuff so um but i I do like kathleen again i think seems like a very steady hand uh experienced passionate um has a personal experience that um is definitely very valuable as someone who's a individual uh you know has a a sibling uh on the um that that had to receive special education services getting a you know being in the trenches being immersed in that um in that uh unfortunately adversarial um uh, process of of getting the the free and appropriate public education, the least restrictive environment um, for uh, your child is is one that uh, requires a great deal of know how and resolve. So uh, I think speaks a lot to to Kathleen and her um, her character. Uh, listen, I see a call on the line. I got to take this break. I'll be right back. Hey, welcome back. Let's go to the phones. Good evening. Marcus, how are you? Hey, Barry, what's up? Hey, I just want to know one thing. You know, the people that you have on, the uh, school committee people from Dartmouth, are they going to bring back the King of Slocum Road trophy? Yeah, I should have asked. <laughs> I should have asked. <laughs> yeah. So in uh, 1978, it came with Lance Martin in football. It came down to a tennis match. No kidding. Road trophy. Yep. I won. <laughs> no kidding. That's awesome. Oh, no, no kidding. Don't even look it up because it's like embarrassing. But uh, anyway, so uh, great guest. Uh, but Marcus, I want to throw this out there that these. 
school committee people, and uh, you had Bruce Oliver on last week, mm-hmm. uh, people uh, in your town, uh, like Pam Kiesler on the school committee, uh, head of TASE, it's, um, a lot of this is contingent upon what they're willing to do or willing to get for purse strings from, so in her case, uh, like somebody like Stan Mickelson, the select board, what can they do to pull the strings to get what they need? And um, the superintendent, by the way, I listened to, to the interview. Great interview, Marcus. Thanks. That superintendent comes from Brockton. The former superintendent Brockton was a personal friend of mine. Joe Bage came out. He was a headmaster of East uh, Boston High. And um, he worked under uh, Jack Units, was the mayor of Brockton, Stone Hill grad. And if they have a relationship with the purse, in other words, the mayor, uh, in New Bedford, for example, uh, Bruce Oliver, you had him on, right? Yeah. So they choose their superintendent, and if they're, if it's cohesive, then they can get what they need done. So money equals the equation. Just no different than you had on uh, Michael Rock, your your manager, right, of the studio? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, and by the way, unbelievable interview. Michael Rock, he went to the he went to the meeting tonight with 